and that's what I'm going to do. We're just going to like chat for 45 minutes and it'll just be fun and nothing too serious unless we want it to be. Um, yes. <laughs> if you could just, while we're, I guess, you know, this is kind of an experiment too for me, but just try and limit the noise on your side. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if it, I mean, if it bleeds a bit, that's fine. We're just going to like, you know, take it as rough as we have to. The views expressed on this recording are solely those of the artists, and by no means do we encourage or condone violence against law officials. Oh, it's for you. It's for you. Welcome to Blue Cheese with me, Ebony L. Haynes. Uh, Blue Cheese is a limited podcast series where I invite a friend slash artist to respond to this prompt. Name a song that you currently have on repeat or one of your regular playlist go-tos. That song is then a catalyst for a casual, unscripted conversation that leads to uh, many different things. Joining me on this episode is Rocky Ford, an artist who currently lives and works in Brooklyn. And Rocky's episode is brought to you by Tierra Wax Pretty Ugly. In this episode, we talk about Tierra Wack, Fathers, Curtis Blow, Run DMC, short skirts and missed connections, and so much more. Here's a clip of the song. Please welcome Rocky Ford to the show. Thank you for joining us, Rocky. Hi, um, Rocky's sent actually a few songs in. It was hard to choose one, but I decided to go with the prompt of Pretty Ugly by Tierra Wack. And um, I know why I chose this song. Do you want to tell me a little bit about why you started or why this is a song you're listening to often just in this particular moment? Um, I guess, like, it started when I was watching that new HBO show, I May Destroy You, and, um, there was, like, a scene that she, I think she's, like, in the cab, and it's, like, after a night of, like, being really drunk, and then she's trying to, like, remember what happened, and then that song came on, and I feel like I've heard, I've heard it before, and I think it's a bit older, but then, I don't know, it just got stuck in my head, and when I drive... I like. I don't have like. I just like open YouTube music, and it's like one of the, one of the songs that are like always right there, and just like play. <laughs> so I, when I'm driving. Um. It was also so yeah. It's from the album Whack World, and I remember it when it first came out because I was really hooked very quickly on the format it took on Instagram. So she created the album with fifteen one minute songs so all of the visuals for it would fit in the Instagram format of one minute videos did you know that? no I knew I like listened to the whole album and I was like oh I like that they're all one minute but I didn't know that was because of her Instagram so it would fit the video can you say that again you didn't know it was for Instagram yeah so I yeah I didn't I like I downloaded the album after watching the show and so I'd listen to the album over and over again and I, I, was, I liked that all of them are one minute long and it kind of like they don't even like bleed in together but I didn't know it was because of for Instagram yeah I didn't know for the time limit yeah yeah it was um that's the first time I experienced it was Instagram 
Um, but the Pretty Ugly song has gotten more fame and play because it was also on an episode of Insecure um, in 2018 when it first came out. So, And then it was on what show did you say you saw it in? Um, I May Destroy You. What was the other show it was on? Insecure. Oh, that's what, because I was like, I've heard this song before in another, like, show. Yeah, okay. Um, but then for, by the time it started playing, you know, in, in its current iteration, in the current version of the song, it's longer. She made an extended version of it. But anyways, I thought, I think it's, inter- I chose this song too out of the cues because I also had a real connection to this album. And I saw Tiara perform at PS one warm-up a couple years ago just after this album came out um do you know anything else about her just curious no is she i looked up is she from new jersey or i can't remember no no i don't actually know a lot about her i just like really like that album after hearing the song and i think a lot of times when i like and if there's like some sort of visual with a song that I like, then it gets kind of stuck in my head more. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so, because I, I was like, I've heard this song on another TV show and I couldn't remember. Yeah, it's so catchy. Um, I rem- I know that there's like little tidbits of trivia that I remember about her, mostly again from clips from Instagram and videos or um, articles I've read or or online interviews, and she's mentioned a few times that Dr. Seuss is really a huge inspiration for her <laughs> and that those books basically formed her childhood. So her, her style of rhyming and the way she's been titling her songs, especially since, you know, in these earlier albums, I'm not really sure what the newer releases look or sound like, but, and then when I saw her, I think she performed at, I don't know, the Grammys or some, some big awards show. And she was, sometimes she wears, you know, Dr. Seuss-esque <laughs> costumes that she has a heavy hand in designing, I'm pretty sure. Um, do you listen to music when you're in the studio? Um, yeah, some, yeah, sometimes and like I'll forget to put music on and it'll just be like silent for a long time and then, I'll, but recently I've been listening to, there's like this, um, this radio station, I think it's like W. KRC. It's like the Columbia radio station. There's this woman named Ayana Heaven, and she has like it comes on every Saturday, but she like uploads it to Spotify, and it's just a lot of like R and B, blues, and like jazz, and there's usually like a theme sometimes about like like using like like one um, session was like all the samples from like Tribe Called Quest songs. So it's a lot about sampling and like the history of like. Music was just like really, I don't know, I really like the mix of everything. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that sounds I awesome. I, um, you know, originally, so funny. Originally, when I had proposed this idea for like a limited series of podcasts, I thought I wanted to do or was going to take on the task of starting with something similar, like a prompt to artists of a song they really like or are listening to currently, and then connect it to breaks and samples and a history of the songs but that proved to be an amount of work that I did not have time for Um, and there are some songs that I I can recognize samples and breaks right away but uh, I wasn't prepared nor really willing to devote that amount of time to be completely candid to doing that but um, I just thought she is from Philly um, she's from Philly yeah and you know it's interesting this might get this might be a bit dark but um, I was thinking about her and other young musicians um, in relation to visual artists in a very specific sense of the sophomore album yeah and all of I used to work in music and the the kind of curse of the sophomore album is similar in a way to how people talk about the artist's second show right (laughs) there's this pressure of your first show went really well and 
the second show is almost the make it or break it kind of yeah. show. Um, That's funny because like when I, I had like I had like a small like show in London like when like right after like grad school and I just titled it my name so it could be like my like my first album because like, like yeah they're like Rocky <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the second album, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the second album is Ford. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love. Do you, why don't you tell people? I mean, this is this is really fun for me because everybody that I've asked to be a part of this series are artists, but also I consider them actual friends and mm-hmm. people that I've enjoyed working with in some capacity. But why don't you tell? This is interesting. There's like a, my baby's crying, so I'm worried that it's going to be recording it. Um, what if you just tell the listeners, even though I'm a bit more familiar with the story, um, how you got your name? Oh, um. Oh, hold on one second, Rocky. Sorry, Haynes is crying really loud. Okay, so we were saying, I'm going to start over. Um, so if you could tell everyone just a little bit about how you got your name um uh, i'm named after my father oh wait sorry <laughs> tom just walked in <laughs> so, <laughs> so, hi tom <laughs> so i already know this backstory a little bit but why don't you share with everybody how you got your name because it I feel like it's also relevant to this um, podcast. Yeah. Um, well, I'm named after my father. His uh, his name is Robert Ford, and but everyone called him Rocky as a nickname, and um, and then it's funny. Like, so like um, my dad the music business and was a producer um, and produced rap music and. Um, like the most famous thing is the breaks by Curtis Blow and but yeah so my parents were together they actually met through uh my dad wrote an article in Essence magazine or was it Ebony I can't remember he wrote an article about how he's having a hard time finding a woman uh, and it's, I just read it recently because he just passed away and I finally got like I guess my brother bought a copy on eBay and I just read it and it's really wild but my mom wrote him a letter and um, then well, she lived in D.C. and he lived in New York and then they met and they were like in love with each other and they're like let's have a baby and then um, they had me and she and my dad and then they immediately got divorced <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah she's like she's funny she was like I moved all the way to New York I named my child after you <laughs> but yeah but that's all good now <laughs> I love the mom impressions. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is actually such a lovely story of how of your mom writing. So she wrote your dad a letter based on the article he wrote? Yeah. Also, another funny story is that mom wrote a letter and my stepmom wrote a letter at the same time. Married my mom. They got divorced. At the time, he rekindled his... Sorry, sorry, Rocky. Sorry, one second. You just cut out. Mm -hmm. Can you go again? Let me just try this. Sorry, you're you're freezing on my phone, and the story is so actually interesting. Can you start from your mother and your stepmother actually wrote him a letter? Oh, my mom. She wrote a letter. So at the same time, my stepmom wrote a letter responding to the article because they both read. Um. And so he met my mom in D.C., um, and then they got married, and then once after the divorce, my dad, like, um, with some time, like, rekindled his relationship with my stepmom, and they were together until, like, he passed. So it's how he met both these women, and, like, that are really important in his life. It feels like that article should be, um, I don't know, like, revisited or something. In a, pub, yeah, in a public I, way it's such an it's such a I mean also you're not just not just about it being a an a inspiring love story and connection between three people you know two different relationships that also produced you one of my favorite people yeah. but 
his I mean what a what a cool idea for like a behind the scenes almost MTV remember remember behind what is it behind the music on MTV but about your dad and I mean Curtis Blow production is pretty huge too clap your hands everybody if you got what it takes because I'm Curtis Blow and I want you to know that these are the birds yeah, I mean, it's funny, like, because um, my dad was also, before he, like, produced music, he was a, he was a writer, and he got his, like, he worked in, like, a mailroom of Billboard magazine, and, like, got, was able to, like, start writing for them, and writing reviews for, because they were like, we need, like, like, rap music and, like, disco, we need, like, a black guy that, like, you know, add that, like, kind of commentary, so he's, um, like, writing has always been part of, I guess, but he didn't go to college, and it just became part of his, like, work, and it's, like, it's very, it's very dated. There's a lot, there's, like, a, there's, like, my chocolate mocha woman. I mean, it's, like, really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, yeah, my dad really liked women, so. Um, I mean... That's a thing. I I mean, was your dad from the Caribbean? Um, no, I don't like. I don't know so much. He grew up in. Um, well, he was born in Harlem and then grew up in Queens, and then I know like my grandmother her from North Carolina, and then his dad was adopted, and I don't. There's like so such weird like mystery, and like kind of like. I think a lot of like black families, especially families that have like long or like have like history of like uh, like slave kind of family, that like all this stuff is kind of a mystery and or like there's not a lot of really good records. So I don't really know like past like that much on his side about where they came from. And it's funny like I know my dad is like dad had a sister. And she lived somewhere else. Like, she lived in Philly for some reason. Like, they didn't grow up together. And that maybe, like, his mom was, um, like, she lived in the city and was, like, kind of doing, um, kind of, like, passing as, like, not as black or something. And I, yeah, it's just, like, really kind of, I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah, those histories are, um, I mean, that sounds so intense. I, uh-huh. I, you know, attempting to make a joke asked if your father had Caribbean ties because my father is Trini and Lord help him if he doesn't love the ladies too much yeah, and so has his dad. whole life. <laughs> I remember like this, is, I would always be like embarrassed. I mean, I'm embarrassed, but when I was young, I'd be like, I'd come and visit my Sorry, dad can you say that one more time? Start sick. when I was younger. Sorry, you've cut out. Yeah, when I was younger, I was kind of, this is like an embarrassing thing to admit, I was like, when I would go with my mom in Virginia, and I'd go, and this is my dad in the yard, we lived in um, Fort Greene, and we were like a woman that was like, attractive, like literally his face would be like, <laughs> like, like, he would like, be like, ooh, like it was like, uh, I don't understand what's going on. And I was like, oh, as I got older, I was like, oh, yes, he likes women. Like, he likes women. A lot. One second, I'm just asking Sam to disconnect from the Wi-Fi. Because <laughs> you keep cutting out. It's really sad at the wrong moment. Oh, really? So I think also when I kind of... That's too. Um... Okay. Um, I remember this story. This is so interesting that I'm about to share this story on a podcast, but you've been so candid. I'm going to share one with you too. Um, my dad was definitely, I would consider, I think he would call himself a ladies man and everybody who knows him would consider him one. His nickname, your dad's nickname was Rocky. My dad's nickname is Shaft. Um, Wait, what was his nickname? Shaft. Okay. 
and he was really the baddest mother you know he was shaft he's six foot four um really handsome he tailored his own clothes he made speakers he was a dj uh you know he had this i remember he had this cargo van that he outfitted with custom speakers in the back and he put you know at the time he had two turntables and a mixer and amp and everything together but it had to go in one big carry case one big travel case flight case it's called um so he had a way to put it in there and store it and everything was there but he also had a bed there was also like a velour a velour burgundy mattress in the back built in and you know I didn't grow up with my dad. He was every other weekend at best, but I love him and whatever. That's another podcast. (laughs) But um, I thought it was the best fucking vehicle I've ever seen. There was lights in it. He even had a a TV in the corner of his van with an antenna that went outside. So I thought it was like, uh, it was, you know, an amusement park. Um, But he definitely loved the ladies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's like how my grandfather was. Like he he like like even way more. So he like I guess when he, he played my brother like found like a binder where it's just like totally and um Sorry Rocky. He, like, Sorry. Stop about your grandfather. I'm gonna I have to call you try calling you back and not on FaceTime. Okay. I might just try audio so it doesn't cut out. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, sorry. No, that's okay. I'll call you right back. Well, now we're all good. Tell me about your grandfather. Oh, I was saying, like, my grandfather is more, like, even... That's on my mother's side. Like, he was a real ladies' man. Also, we have... Uh, another weird thing about, like, my mom and my dad have the same birthday, but one year apart, and then I have the same birthday as my grandfather. But, um, he... When he passed away, he... Like, my brother... They found like this book of like a binder, and it was oh that sounds I was about to say a binder full of women. <laughs> but he, <laughs> they found this book of like posters of all these women, and yeah, but he like was such a ladies man. Even when he got older and like kind of dementia, when he was in the nursing home, he saw everyone was his girlfriend. Um, I mean, I don't know what it is. I I think about that sometimes with my own now that I have a son. Mm-hmm. And how do you? I don't know. Can can I make sure he? I mean, I, of course, I want to make sure he was respectful to everybody, yeah. but especially to women. And there, something must happen along the way for some people where, like, I'm sure, I, I'm sure, your your dad's mother had the best intentions and tried to make him respectful. Yeah. And same with my dad's mother. But I mean, what what can you do? I don't know. That's an interesting. Yeah. Psychology. Then, yeah. It's, but then I feel like, uh, well, I guess, like, for my, like, I don't know how my, my grandfather was to his, to my mom, but I feel like my dad was still, like, a really good dad, and, but also, I think also having a daughter, like, he was like, oh, shit, he's like, don't wear that, and, like, which is kind of annoying, but, yeah. Was he a strict dad? No, no, not at all, except, like, when, well, I didn't live with him. And I live with my mom, and I, like, my mom would be like, ooh, Rocky, yeah, that skirt's so cute, it's short, and, like, ooh, wear that, like, she let me wear whatever I want, and she just, like, would encourage, like, she liked, she liked clothes, and, like, and then when I lived with my dad, when I started going to college at Pratt and in Brooklyn, I was, like, I, I remember I bought this dress, and I think, it was just, like, a low back and, like, a crisscross, and my dad was like, you can't leave this house, and I was like, dad, I'm, I don't know, I probably was, like, 19 or 20 and I was like I'm an adult I can do whatever I want I was like I didn't live with you I was like I've been wearing like short skirts and like all this and he just like really was upset and I like called my mom and was like that's very big (laughs) yeah I was like what are you doing like you haven't like ever I don't know it was just like really shocking me that he would be like you can't wear that and I was like what's wrong with it that's cute and also he wasn't in my life but not, not that he was in my life but he just wasn't like he wouldn't he wasn't always seeing me get dressed every day yeah right that see that seems so sweet to me but it's not <laughs> it's not sweet when you're the 19 year old trying to wear the skirt oh, yeah. that you just bought no, yeah i'm like yeah nothing's sweet when you're 19 <laughs> you're I like know. 
Um, what, I was just going to ask you something when you were talking about your dad. Oh, yeah. Do you, um, I mean, I'm sure you do in some way, but do you have a collection or digitally or physically of songs that he was involved in producing and making? Um, well, I didn't really. I mean, I knew the songs, and but actually recently a, a friend of mine, um, his name's Adam, he works at a record store. He's been giving me records of, like, that my dad has produced. Like, he gave me a Curtis Blow record, um like a German copy of it and he also my, he also produced my dad produced uh, Ronnie Dangerfield's um, rap album and I have he gave me a, a, one of those records that's signed by Ronnie Dangerfield whoa <laughs> yeah I tell you I'm alright now but last week I was in rough shape I don't get a break with nothing that's crazy <laughs> and, mm-hmm. I guess but when I was younger I had I had like a gold record of my dad's. I don't remember which one it was, but I was still with my mom. And there's like this other band called Full Force. I remember having that when I was little, but it's funny. I never really, I don't know. I never, like I liked, I mean, I, I, when I was younger, I loved music and we would talk about music, but I was like, it was like early 2000s. And like, I, I feel like I would play like my dad like songs that I was like I was like I like this song and he's like okay I, f- I think one time I remember being like dad I like Tegan and Sierra let me play this song for you <laughs> <laughs> and I was like but he'd like let me do that and like talk about music and I'd be like I think Christina Aguilera is better than Britney Spears because her voice is more beautiful and so like the way we talked about music like I was I'd always talk more about pop music and stuff and, and like play him the things that I was interested in and and, like, it was funny, like, I didn't really, and I guess when I got older and people were like, I don't know, I never really thought, I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, because my dad didn't really, when I was, he didn't do anything whenever I came and visited him, we just, like, hang out all the time, so I didn't, like, think he, like, did anything. <laughs> he just had to play solitaire, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, he likes music. And then, yeah, it wasn't until I got older and, like, I was like, he's just my dad and I like him. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think he would like Tierra Whack? Do you think, did he like pop music when you, when you told him songs of, that you were listening yeah. to? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, definitely. I wonder, he, I mean, he would always tell me the songs he hated. I always, he would be like, this one song I hate, don't ever play. Or what was, it was like, I forget which one. But, um, yeah, he would like to hear like what, I, he always liked to watch us and all to see like who was the performer to like, no and but he i mean he mostly listened to the blues and his favorite thing was to listen to wbgo at three o'clock and listen to blues hours and he would just be like you don't know nothing about that little girl whenever like some a a song would come on i'd be like leave me alone (laughs) but yeah um but i know he always encouraged that and like encouraged me being an artist too he did. He encouraged you being a visual artist. Yeah, I remember, like I when I was, um, high into college, and I went to like a, um, I went to an girls' college the first year of college because I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I got like a, like money to go there or something, and they didn't have art, and then it closed and I was trying to decide what to do and I was like maybe I'll just take a year off and just live in Virginia and my mom was like oh hell no you're gonna go to school you cannot stay here and so I wanted to go to Pratt and I decided I wanted to do art and my dad took me I mean we always go to museums but he took me I had to like do my portfolio and he took me into like Guggenheim and I remember I went to because I was like I would be on the subway and I was like I want to see this brand this show and I was like a Brancusi show and I like drew that for my application so he always like kind of he was like supportive of being like creative in that way that's awesome mm-hmm. um it's didn't your dad also sort of discover run dmc um no i don't know he's just like he no he was friends with russell and or he like he met russell and 
Curtis at like the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess he maybe he like worked at Def Jam for a little bit, but I think they like fired him because he didn't like working or something. That's what my mom was saying. <laughs> but no, yeah, I like have some of like his old like um like merch from shows and stuff. I really wanted to get this like he has this really like kind of tacky like leather jacket that's like Def Jam but my stepmom wants to keep it but I'm like I want to I'll, I'll wear it actually actually yeah. I don't know if I wear it but I mean but that sounds it. fucking cool as fuck I know I'm glad but I'm glad we kept it we had a lot of clues but yeah it's it's funny but I like, there's also a lot of tapes that he has that um I like want to listen to but I'm not sure what's all some of them are like interviews of i think he was going to try to write a book about russell but that didn't happen also now it's like kind of not a thing that he would probably be interested in but i wonder if like if there's any like music on some of these tapes and i don't know i was talking with a friend um felicia she's like uh she does a lot of sound and she just started she's my friend that i i've known from portland and she just started this like school in Berlin and she's going to help me like digitize some of the tapes and like I don't know maybe like be collaborative in some kind of sound aspect it's kind of funny like I feel like recently a lot of not I don't know like my friend wanting to do something kind of sound related and then like you asked me to do this podcast and um Sarah um Megenheimer Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. she, she asked me to, like, she wants to record um, some of the writing, and I don't know, it's funny, like, all these weird sound things kind of are, or I don't know, like... She wants to record, She so it's, yeah, she wants to record, sorry, Sarah Megenheimer wants to record some of your writing. Yeah, and uh, me reading in the writing, yeah, I was, um, I have the writer, but... That's actually I interesting. Maybe... I was just, I was sorry, I was just thinking about um, mm-hmm. how cool it is that your father was basically the first, like, wrote the first hip hop esque article for Billboard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, probably at heart he was a writer, but you are, you know, writing is also a huge part of your practice. Yeah, and that was like kind of a newer thing. Or not newer. I mean, I've been, do- I mean, it, or I've just, it's taken more center stage uh, yeah I guess center stage and then in the past and yeah I guess I've, I've always wanted to like add text to pieces but didn't know how and I think that's how I like gotten to adding the text with the plexi or like painting it and then um, but it first started with just like using fan letters that were other people's fan letters and changing the text to like fit my needs but then as I like have gotten more comfortable I've used less of found text and more of my own stuff but yeah it's funny because like I mean I guess I knew my dad was a writer but then I don't know it's weird how you like kind of know these things about your parents but you don't really know them <laughs> and then I'm like totally. oh it's so yeah if there's a connection then you that you was always there but you just like never really paid attention to yeah it's interesting that you're saying just listening to you say that maybe it's writing was never a big part of your practice or prominent part but maybe it feels that way now because you have a different relationship to the writing because personally from the outside you know the first time I saw your work installed anywhere was when you were doing the ISCP residency mm-hmm. and that was in 2016 I think yeah and text yeah. felt so felt like such a huge and important part of the work then but yeah yeah maybe maybe no, there's a different relationship to it no I think I mean I feel like maybe that piece I'm trying that was probably the first time that I was like okay well I still had like a reference like I, instead of using like just found text or using a song or or something like a line from a movie and then like elaborating on it, that one I guess was the first time 
I was, it actually goes back to my dad, but um, I, it's this, my dad also really liked musicals, and he showed me this musical called Cabin in the Sky, and it was, like, one of the first, like, big budget, all-black musicals. What is that about you? What? Makes me feel well dressed. Whatever that is, that's what you is. The same old clothes, shoes, and hat. Um, and Lena Horne was in it, and she plays this character, Georgia Brown, and and so I wanted to write like a story from her perspective of, um, because she's like this kind of sultry like temptuous woman that's trying to like get this person in. well she's not actually being like doing that it's just like she's being controlled by the devil to like tempt this guy to um sway on to the on the devils instead of being like an angel or whatever but um so that was like i feel like that show i wanted to write in this voice of her character of like why she sold her soul to the devil and why she and they call her like the devil's daughter and I think that was the first time I was, like, kind kind of, like, going, like, still taking some sort of, like, like, place to start writing, but not using so much of found text. Other than that, I did include, like, some of the lyrics from one of the songs she sings, but trying to write from, or being, it's more, like, being more comfortable being, like, okay, I'm gonna write and these are my words, you know? But I still really like using, I like the idea of, like, hearing something and liking it, and maybe not even, like, like, liking it for your own reason, and, like, I'm going to take that, and then I'm going to, like, use it for what I need. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, like, um, chopping and screwing it up, like, you're you're sampling (laughs) the text. I mean, I love, the text is such a big part of your work for me. One, because of the way the text dances on the plexi they really it really feels like it looks like it shouldn't have a purposeful placement but it but then you know it does when you spend a bit more time with it and then when you can if you do have the opportunity to make out the words because sometimes you can't fully read the letters or something's cut off it feels it's it's so poetic like there's some fragmented sentences here and there sometimes they sound familiar like a lyric of a Beyonce song or something mm-hmm. and sometimes they don't I I love the reoccurrence of the word devil devil yeah I know I feel like it's almost yeah I, and then I got really like into like this idea <laughs> or like I that because it made me think a lot about the musician um robert johnson how he like sold his devil or sold his soul to be a better guitar player and i was like that's so cool <laughs> or like i'm like what would i i don't just like have this desire to be really good at something i don't know i when i was younger i dreamt about being like really good at singing like i would kill to be as good at like a singer as so many people but i never i don't know just like it seems like such a gift when I was younger thinking about it and then it's funny too because my dad's like I'm so glad you don't want to make music or you can't and that you can't sing because I don't ever or I don't want to have to like deal with like a child like um trying to be like a stage parent like a child star and he's like I'm so glad you're not musically talented and I was like oh Oh. (laughs) (laughs) break my heart why don't you (laughs) and I was like yeah no I can't sing (laughs) Yeah, it's funny those dreams we have as, I mean, not just little kids, but I remember this really hilarious story. One time I was um, singing in the bathroom, which I did all the time. I mean, I, I can't even lie. Of course, I still do it. But it was really extreme when I was little because I was, I think I just wanted to try and teach myself how to be a really great at singing the same as you. You know, I would mm-hmm. wish and wish and squint my eyes and just envision myself being so great at singing you know this was like elementary school and I'm maybe eight years old ten years old and I was belting at the top of my lungs this Whitney Houston song that I had no I'm sure I was so tone deaf and just not hitting any of the notes and 
a guest who was just at our house at the time happened to knock on the door as I was trying to sing and I opened it and she just looked at me with so unnurturing though too just like what the fuck are you doing and You know, I think I was trying to sing Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. That's what I think uh, of. Yeah. I mean, who can That's... sing that except Whitney Houston? And I was just, I mean, like, so me? flat. I'm pr- I probably just sounded so terrible, but I thought I was just doing the best job in this tiny half bathroom <laughs> echoing on the tile. That's so sweet. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's so funny. It's weird that skills, you know, singing and fine art you know you're still an artist you're not a musician Uh but do you think this is funny to think about but I I guess I don't envision artists like visual artists dreaming about being the best painter or maybe they do I don't know yeah I don't know yeah I feel like it feels it's funny like I it doesn't feel mysterious like when I'm in my studio I'm like I'm gonna make this and it's like no one's gonna like like you know when you're like insane it's like this kind of it's like oh no I just I gotta do this maybe I don't know it's not like oh I want to be the best painter and I'm gonna have this like secret like gift I don't know it doesn't seem like that I don't know maybe some people do it's but I don't know like it feels it's like way much much more of like a loner thing obviously compared to being a singer I mean I think that's what I've always been so attracted to about like music and pop stars this like presence and this identity I I don't know I've always it's like I feel like when I go and see shows or see someone perform that I like it's like I'm always just like mesmerized I'm like wow I don't like I like I and I take it very like seriously and like but I don't know, art isn't like, I'm like, oh, I'm naturally gifted, I don't know, not that, (laughs) I'm naturally gifted at going on in design and, like, making these sense, but maybe, I mean, it is a thing that you do, and, like, it's, like, like, what I like, and, like, it is, like, somewhat intuitive, but it's not as, like, I don't know, for me, it's not as, it doesn't seem as magical as singing, (laughs) but maybe that's because I don't, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, that's probably because you're a talented artist, and... Yeah. For so many people to see your work in a show, but probably you know, I there's many people whose minds get blown, and that's mm-hmm. that's interesting for you. You know, you don't have to squint your eyes and wish to be great at it because it feels like it's second nature, which is probably why you became an artist. <laughs> yeah, or just yeah, I, yeah, it feels like, and I remember being like. When I remember, because I, like, went to the other college, and then I, like, started at Pratt, and I was like, wow, this is going to be the first time that I'm going to do really good at school, because I like it, or, like, I, yeah, I remember being, like, so shocked that there was something that I liked and could do, I don't know, I just was really bad at, I was, I just really hate, was bad at school. Did you, you hated, did you hate school when you were little? I didn't hate it, it just was, like, I would study and be, like, wow, I still got a D. And then I just stopped starting, and I'd be like, I still got a D. And, I, yeah, it's like, when you're, and then I just remember being, like, when I first started art school, I feel like this is so corny, but I was like, wow, I'm getting, like, A's and B's. Or not B's. But, yeah. And I was oh, just, not oh, B's. You were an all-A student. I wasn't, actually. I don't know why I'm lying. <laughs> I, <got A's. laughs> I did, I got a B in grad school, and it pissed me off. <laughs> Because I was like, what? who gets a B in grad school? It's because this one teacher was mad at me because I didn't talk enough. But I was like, what? But yeah, other than that, that was the only time I was close to being always. <laughs> but yeah, no. But I just like, it's funny because my mom is like, so the opposite in school was so important and great, good grades. And I like, 
really didn't make good grades, so it was just really like, I was like, cool, I'm making good grades, and it was just shocking. Was there, did they have a, you know, my father, it's funny when you mentioned your dad trying to reprimand you for a short skirt, you know, there were a few moments I could count on one hand where my dad maybe tried to be a parent, and I would just laugh in his face. You know, it's like okay absentee father now you you know you don't have an, you don't get to have an opinion but he really tried to push math on uh-huh. me he was really he was really good at math it was he was very very strong at it since he was a kid he grew up in an orphanage but he they knew very early on that he had an aptitude for math and then i we found out that i did as well uh-huh. and i loved it but i knew i didn't want to pursue that in school longer term yeah, um, I really liked math, actually. That was the one class that, well, I didn't, like, I really liked algebra. I remember, like, for some reason, weirdly, I I went to, like, a college preparatory Catholic school, and everyone was, like, it was kind of set up, like, a college where you had to do these certain kind of um, credits to graduate, and there was, like, the credit like the group that everyone else did and then like if you weren't that good you do the second one and I I was the one that wasn't that good because I but I did all the math and but yeah I really liked math and I remember when I went to Pratt and you had to do like electives it and I was like can I just do math and not science because I really am bad at it and they wouldn't let me for some reason because I don't even know who the math class was for at Pratt but I had to take a class at Pratt that was called Science. It wasn't specific at all. It was just <laughs> science. <laughs> and I think we watched a video about like GMOs and like food and like growing plants. I was like, what? And but yeah, it was just called science and you had to take like this elective course. That's so crazy. That's so silly. <laughs> I mean the funny thing I was is like, can I just take the algebra class? It'd be like way easier. But the, I guess the science class was pretty easy. But yeah, I wonder if I almost feel like they probably had somebody who was not a science expert teach it or something. I you... know. Imagine if you're like you like study science. They're like, you want to teach a class? You're gonna teach this class to a bunch of art students because all the like um, uh, any class that wasn't like art related that I was in, every time they're like, you can write a paper or you can make an art project, and so you would just make an <laughs> art project about the like thing. <laughs> You make an art project about the GMO. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I did in that class. I don't even know. I don't feel like I did anything. I was just like, whatever. There was either that class, science, or there was um, science illustrations, which is actually really hard. Uh, everyone would take that class, but I tried to take it, but it was full. But I heard it was actually really hard because you have to, like, draw really well. Did you like drawing? No. I mean, I like, I like, I didn't, I like drawing, but I never was really, I don't know, when you're looking at school, everyone's like, I wasn't really good at being like realistic, you know, but mm-hmm. I like drawing and I only like, I didn't really want to do painting. I mean, I only, I transferred into Pratt because I transferred from another school and like had to go to Pratt Manhattan and I wanted to do sculpture the whole time but at this like satellite school they didn't have sculpture and they said like when I transferred to Pratt Brooklyn I would be able to be in sculpture and then when I finally was like transferred in they're like oh you have to stay another year if you want to do sculpture and I was like I'm already behind a year and I can't be in school I can't afford to go to school for uh what six years <laughs> and so I just did painting and then took sculpture classes on the side but I always wanted to do sculpture and mm. so like I always painted like watercolors and like painted different and then I, yeah I just has always been interested in making painting that was like somewhat sculptural and I think that kind of like like that's kind of how I ended up where I am at with like I mean with the paintings I make that are like the mylar and the hanging pieces and also with the plexi mm-hmm. yeah they're like um hanging hanging painted sculptures mm-hmm. it's so but funny yeah. it's so funny when i hear friends um talk about their time at pratt 
Oh, yeah. Do you know who else went? Oh, because Ben went to Pratt. Who ben, else went to Pratt? Ben right went now? to Pratt. Tyler went to Pratt. Mm-hmm. I think Maggie went to Pratt. Maggie's going to be oh, part yeah, of yeah. this series also. I'm excited about. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I think she graduated before us. But um, I, don't, I don't... Yeah. I always remember, too, that um, Pope L, who's my favorite artist, um, mm-hmm. who I had the... I was fortunate enough to work with for a couple of years. He went to Pratt also, but he dropped oh, out. Oh, really? Yeah. It's yeah. weird. It's so, like, old school, like, there's painting. I don't know what it's like now, but it's, like, painting, sculpture. Print, everything's divided. You're not allowed to, like... It's it, segregated. Like, it's old school mm-hmm. segregation. <laughs> also, it's not, like... It's like you can take those classes, but you have to take certain classes to graduate. So if you want it, that's why I was like, I can't. And it's expensive. And I'm like, I can't afford to go another year just because I want to be a sculpture major. I don't know. And I was like, no, it's okay. <laughs> um, do you, but I, yeah. Ahead. You what? I didn't like it. I hated it, actually. <laughs> I don't know I anybody it. who liked it. But the only thing that is good that I met Tom there because <laughs> I took so many sculpture classes. I met him in sculpture. Oh, that's cute. Uh-huh. You should um, write a publish a letter to him or something. <laughs> <laughs> or like I'll write like yeah a romantic letter and see if he writes me back. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever? Did you ever? Do you remember missed connections? Is that still a thing? Oh my god! Yes, on Craigslist. <laughs> yes. I would sometimes look at that. I remember when like, I first, well, I would always come in the summers to New York, but when I first, like, moved here to get my, like, my own apartment and, like, Craigslist, I feel like Craigslist was, like, a new thing and, like, trying to find a room to rent. And I remember I would look at misconnections and be like, these, I just thought they were, I, I wonder if they're still there. But, yeah, it would be like, I was on the subway and I saw you and. Yeah, it was so creepy. I remember, I mean, (laughs) admittedly, of course I have my moments of checking it. I remember, I remember. Someone thinks see me. I know. I I, I do it too. I (laughs) mean, of course, you know, you kind of secretly want to see if there's a mention of you. You know, you pass someone on the subway, maybe they, the eye contact you held for five seconds turned into a misconnection. I never. There's one time I was like on the subway. And across the, I was like crying. I forget why I was crying. And this guy was just like looking at me, and I was like, I wonder if this is gonna be a misconnection. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I probably did look, me, but I was just like, <laughs> just like bawling. You're bawling, but you're you're of a sound mind enough to know to note check misconnections later. I was like, are you looking for me? <laughs> I'm sad. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of it's creepy, but. Also, I mean, I think there it's the potential for a great story. You know, you check, yeah. you you write people who write notes on missed connections. Definitely have this kind of sad dream, really, if you think about it. I mean, how likely is it that you're going to fall in love with your miss? But maybe. I mean, even as I'm saying it, I sound so jaded. But <laughs> you write those things, hoping as you're writing it, I, I'd imagine that you're envisioning the person you're trying to contact to know him you know they read it and they know it's you talking about them and they reach out and say they felt the same connection and they can't wait like can you meet for a drink and the rest is history i mean that's that's why else would you write those things you must be hoping to actually make the connection right and but it's such ideas of grandeur oh yeah it's like oh you want this fantasy but then is it more like then I think about people that are like so obsessed with the fantasy that they just probably like just keep writing any every person they see that they're like maybe you're gonna be the love of my life or like this person today I saw. Yeah, I don't know. It's but now that was like now with like Instagram and I wonder if people like and like if people still now I'm like after this I'm like I'm gonna go look at misconnections. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm like, do people still do it and like. Uh, you know what? Yeah. I'm just gonna look right now while you're on the phone with me. <laughs> I really want to know. Misconnections NYC. But I've definitely like been on Craigslist and like posted like weird shit. 
Yeah, Girl, yeah, this shit, like... there's posts from today. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Look, okay, I'm going to read this one. The title is, I, I haven't read through it yet, just full disclosure, it might be terrible, but the title says, We used to meet at the Hotel Pennsylvania. <laughs> I, visit you, I visited you a few times at the Hotel Pennsylvania and late on the Upper East Side. Later, I'm sorry, and later on the Upper East Side. Let me start over again. I visited you a few times at the Hotel Pennsylvania and later on the Upper East Side. We had fun. I lost your number and would love to reconnect. Write me and tell me some detail of our encounters. I am looking for a woman. No guys, please. Oh, this is like, he's just like, and he just wants to like he's start just his fantasy. Fishing, yeah. Yeah. I was like, it doesn't even matter. Wow. Yeah, because at that point, it's like, yeah, maybe it's just like this weird way of. This is a, this is a lie. They've sucked me into a. Yeah, weird like, it's not misconnections it's not misconnections there's like younger younger looking for older man yeah i remember like oh because you know what they i think they got rid of you know craigslist used to have like the um man looking for woman or like they got rid of the sex part of it because oh. i remember being like you're going there and be like there's a bunch of dicks and like people like but yeah they got rid of that so it's maybe that's what people are using now like um, back page and like that stuff, but yeah, instead of like the personals or what whatever yeah, it's doing called, yeah, there used to be the personals that you could like post weird stuff and see who responds. I'm gonna read one more because it's relevant for us. It says, "Cute, okay. cute girl taking selfies at Von King Park." Oh my god, New York's hottest club. Yeah, Von King about. Park is New York's hottest club. It's quarantine's <laughs> hottest club. Um, so, I'm like, how would you ever know which girl that was? I There's know. So oh my god, especially when it was warm outside, the amount of sunbathing happening in Von King Park just oh, just yeah. almost full nudity. <laughs> um, okay, here's here's what it says. I was sitting on a bench reading maybe 50 feet from you and we kept checking each other out. You started taking selfies of yourself looking beautiful in the sun, sitting on the grass. You left with your friend. I didn't want to say anything and be rude. Let's chat. That could be like literally 50 women. <laughs> so far. That was only two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, that's inspiring. It's so funny. Like going to the park, I just feel like, or going to Von King, I'd be like, go there and be like, oh, there's someone. I don't know. I, I don't know if I like, I feel like a lot of people have moved to Bedstuy. Yeah, I I mean I my first I've been in New York for 10 years and I was I started in Bedstuy and lived here for 4 years and then I moved around and now I'm back. Yeah, I mean I love yeah, I love Bedstuy. I love it too. But I had I don't know. I, we live we lived there for like 10 years and then left. I don't know. I just was like it changed so much, but it's still like, I don't, there's still like so much important. I don't know. It's like a really great neighbor, but it has changed a lot. And sometimes I'm like, who the fuck are these people? I get like <laughs> weird. <laughs> you're Especially one of, like, you're, are you the anti gentrifying, anti gentrifying, anti gentrification? Yeah, I mean, sometimes, even though like I'm not, like my dad, like we lived in Fort Green, which is like further down and, I, it's changed a lot since I was a child, and and it's I just get really like annoyed. I mean, Fort Green, like I some would be like we would go to every, like sometimes on Saturdays we'd go to the farmers market, and he's like, mm-hmm. I can't take it because you get so pissed off. I'm like, who the fuck is like all these fucking people anyway? And I get so angry because I'm just like, who are all these people? One time, um, <laughs> Tom dropped like a nickel, and this guy came and took it this like white guy picked it up and took his nickel before Tom could pick it up and I'm like he probably lives in one of these brownstones knows the whole thing and I'm just like fucking Kate I'm like four games <laughs> changed so much I hate everyone here but I still love it though because it's just like so many memories but and that's kind of how I feel about Bedstead but it's different because it's I don't know it's I mean, still more black than Fort Green is because it's real that's truly changed a lot because you have an interesting perspective in that you actually were raised in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and but d- doesn't didn't Fort Greene? I guess it's changing now. But I remember Fort Greene being 
Spike Lee neighborhood. Like it was, yeah, it was yeah. really it black. Was way more black. Really, yeah. it was super black. It was like the black and proud, loud black and proud neighborhood. Now it's not. Yeah. So it's like, but there are still like, like my stepmom still lives there, and no, yeah. So that's like, I'm like, oh god, it, I don't feel like bed sex like I'm trying to Fort Green. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it will. I should knock on wood. It's just so I feel like it's, but yeah, I just worry that it turns into Fort Green, but I still love Fort Green. It's pretty, you know what will not turn into Fort Green? Tompkins mm-hmm. Ave. Yeah, that's true. There's just, <laughs> I feel like that's the one thing, like, yeah, it's true. Like, Fort Green, it's got, I, that's why I think it's not going to change, bed but it's just, like, sometimes. I hope not, too. I mean, I'm not even from Brooklyn. I'm not even from the States, but I do feel a sense of community in Bedsty, which is yeah. why I keep coming back to it, and it's you know if I were to stay here longer, or you know just to say when I say stay here, I mean Brooklyn or and or New York. Now having an infant, my first baby, I I want them. I would want them to grow up in a neighborhood like Bedsty. Yeah, that'd be so cute. I mean, yeah, <laughs> no, because I've been like, I I met this woman just telling me about this thing. Um. I feel like there's a lot of really great, like, local, like, communities in Bed-Stuy and there, I, f- I can't remember the organization, but they're, it's just, like, supporting, like, black people owning homes and black people owning businesses, and I think it's the woman that runs, like, Tommy Sincerely, and she has, like, she works with a group of other women that um, are Sincerely Tommy, that, like, are raising money to... Um, just support like kind of you know black businesses and I think that's that's the one thing that I think Bedside has way more of than like you know parts of Brooklyn like Fort Greene or whatever yeah yeah it is there's a sense of camaraderie which is really nice mm-hmm. but Von King, Von, so, yeah. Von King Park is a different entity though yeah that's just like New York Times Club <laughs> for the summer <laughs> um well I feel like there's more I want to talk about, but I feel like I also want to keep it to the nature of the show in that Mm -hmm. it's a short glimpse into you and I just chatting together. So, um, since you're the first show, I don't really know how to sign off. I don't have an (laughs) official sign off, but, um, whether this makes it into the edit or not, I just want to tell you that I really appreciate you doing this with me. Um, mm-hmm. you know, for I hope people don't get insulted that I didn't ask them, but I, I chose specific people who I felt really comfortable having, you know, banter, as, and also more importantly, felt like had a connection in some way to music as much as I love music, and I've always dreamt of incorporating it somehow into my art career. So. Yeah, no, yeah, it's been, it was, this is fun. It, it was, was fun. I'm, I've listened to Whack World about a dozen times since you replied. <laughs> um, I've been, yeah, I listen to it all the time. It's like my fun. I love, yeah, driving and in the car and listening to music is a special thing. <laughs> so I, I always play in the car. Man, I really miss that. You're, it is very special. You're totally right. I, I, I feel like you're so alone, but also everyone's out there and like, you know. <laughs> There's something different. There's something completely different about listening listening to music in a car as opposed uh-huh. to listening to music in your headphones. Yeah, I know. Maybe it's like a weird nostalgic thing. I don't know. I don't because I didn't. I, mean, I didn't really drive until I was 21, so I don't know what it is. But yeah, it's so different. Do you listen to the radio ever when you're driving? Oh yeah, I like to listen to like Hot 97 in the morning and listen to like Ebro in the morning because they like. They're so ancient now. I don't even know what they're talking about, but it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! One time I saw this um, tweet from Ebro, and he said it was you know just after George George Floyd was murdered, and there was a lot of organizing happening, and people were being super vocal and active any way they could, and a lot of it meant online because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and the phrase or the acronym BIPOC was popping up mm-hmm. and Ebro tweeted what the fuck is a BIPOC <laughs> and this like all of the best responses were like bro do you have fucking Google 
<laughs> like you sound so ignorant right now. You haven't yeah, seen. They sound, they sound so, so stupid. They're so and just lazy. Like what yeah, the fuck that's... is BIPOC, bro? It's March twenty twenty. If you don't, if if you have not figured out what it is based on what's happening in the news, like why well, are you a radio? Why are you yeah. a radio host? Also, fucking Google that shit. So many of our ancient contemporary or not contemporary so many of our ancient colleagues and family members have had to google it or ask someone but yeah the well, way the other day, like one guy was like shawnee he was like i didn't know the village people when they sang ymca it was about gay men and i was like what is this like how old are you I, was like, I don't know it's just like <laughs> uh, do you listen to it because like, it's hilarious because i'm like driving to work at nine in the morning i'm like whoa <laughs> Because I'm just like, you guys are so dumb. They're so dumb. Sometimes they just, it's just like, it's such a culturally specific <laughs> platform too. But it makes me think as somebody who, you know, it sounds so cliche when people say this, but, you know, grew up, you know, in hip hop culture and embracing it and trying to, to um, eventually work in it any way that I could to know that the like the radio platform for me is one that I really love and I worked in it in on the college level and tried my hand um at the more syndicated level for a while and I love radio as a medium and something like Hot 97 it just makes me sort of sad and also I wonder if I don't know why it makes me sad but I wonder if I just feel disconnected from shows like that and radio shows in general totally. because I don't have a car. That's something I was going to say is having oh, a car, yeah. you list like, why would I listen to the radio on my phone? Oh, yeah, I never would listen to it. I only listen to it when I'm in the car, yeah. But that's something that yeah. I list- I did every day. It was all, the radio was playing. I had, um, I would listen to the radio in the morning getting ready for school, you know, like as, as young active, as junior um, high. radio I've- been listening to is that woman i'll send it to you after we get off i really like her radio show i'll send it to you but yeah i'm like and then i was thinking i was like what if ebro in the morning hears us and then we have beef with ebro he's like i was thinking that too he's gonna listen he's ebro is not gonna listen to this podcast i know he's not but it'll be in my that's my misconnection (laughs) (laughs) okay well my misconnection fantasy is that you know Ebro does listen to it, or let's name somebody else. I don't know. Somebody else listens to it. Funk Flex, also who has the most annoying DJ style in the world. Now this is going to be a bad misconnection because if Funk Flex, Flex hears this, I'm going to be so embarrassed. But also, stop wheeling it back. Like, we don't need to hear the song starting over 16 times. Like, it's, no, okay, I, I don't want to. I don't want to hear that verse again. I know you think it's fire. I know you think it's fire, Especially but when you're driving in traffic, yeah, <laughs> oh, well, it's interesting. It's it's a very different vibe from when you're in the club. You know, wheel it back <laughs> once, twice. Sure, drop the air horn, drop the <laughs> cart, drop the cart that you've pre-recorded. But really, sometimes it's been like a dozen times, and it's just annoying. But my misconnection dream is that one of them hears this podcast and thinks it's such an interesting platform that they want to bring me on to continue this on a more syndicated yeah. national level. I mean, yeah, there's my yeah, misconnection. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to dream, let's dream all the way. Dream yeah. all the way, baby. Um, okay, with that, I'm going to sign off. Can you think of a way that I should sign off? This I won't, I won't include it. Just what do you think I should say here? Thanks for joining us today. This episode was brought to you by Rocky Ford and it was created by me. Thanks everyone. It's Luke Shee.